message in this series called Miracles. And today I want to talk to you about living the miraculous. Living the miraculous. Uh, God wants us to live the miraculous. And, uh, and so I want to talk to you about that today. And uh, there's a lot of things that I have in my heart that I want to say to you, but I think more than anything, I just want us to understand that we're children of God. If we're born again, we're, we're children of God, and uh, we live on a, uh, on a different set of rules, a different set of, uh, a different level altogether. We should be spirit-led. That in itself is miraculous, uh, to be led spiritually by God's Spirit. Isn't that right? And, and so we, we need to understand that God wants to do great things in us and through us. And, and so this, this is what this whole series is all about, is bringing, a, bringing God into our life and, and seeing God be God in and through us. And God still does great things. And we need to, we need to start expecting great things in and through our lives. And, and so, uh, you know, God, God is a God of the miraculous. And as His people, we should, we should live our lives uh, experiencing the miraculous because God is a God of miraculous and He is powerful and He wants to be powerful in our lives. And so uh, we start, we've been, we, we started last week and we started off with this scripture last week in Psalm 77. And I want to take you again to that scripture in verse 14 out of the Living Bible. And it says, You are the God of miracles. Isn't that awesome? He's the God of miracles and wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power. Where does he demonstrate it? In our lives. He not only demonstrates, demonstrates it in our lives, but he wants to demonstrate it through our lives. And that's good news. I think when we come to people with the good news, the good news be, should be is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did in the past, he wants to do today. And, and he wants to do in our lives. And he wants to bring about his, his glory here on this earth. And, and so, God, your, your kingdom come, your will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God wants to do some miraculous things. And so I want to talk to you about how to live the miraculous, how to live the miraculous. The first thing that I want to say in, in understanding how to live the miraculous, because I think there's a lot of people that think they don't qualify. They don't qualify for the miraculous. And maybe you're here today and you think, well, I don't know if God would do that for me because I don't know if I qualify. Well, I think this is, this is, this first statement, this first point that I'm going to bring to you, I think that you'll find that all of us qualify. That every one of us qualify for the miraculous. Because every one of us have this one issue, and it's this. Living in the miraculous, miraculous requires problems. It requires problems. Every, every time we need a miracle, it's because there is a problem involved. Amen. If there was no problem, there would be no need for miracle. And so I believe that every one of us qualify in that from time to time, we're going to have problems in our life. We're going to have storms. Isn't it interesting that we're, we just had a storm uh, Jeremy and Heather were traveling yesterday, and they were, I believe, coming from Tyler, going to Lindale. They lived around the Lindale area, and, and they saw some funnel clouds and saw some tornadoes starting to 
form and touchdown and, and had to pull off the side of the road, that kind of the story. And, and so they got to visually see that. And, and Dan uh, and Debbie, Debbie's brother, uh, his house got hit. And so that, that happened in Lindell. And so we're in the middle of storms, and storms can happen all of a sudden, and it can happen in our lives. And when those storms happen, those problems happen, guess what? We really need God to come in and intervene. And sometimes it's when we least expect it, when we don't realize that, that it's going to happen, but it happens. And when it happens, guess what? We need resolve. We need, we need resolve because it can happen to any of us during the course of life. We know that storms come because the Bible tells us that there's two different types of people here on this earth. Those that build their house on a, on a rock and those that build their house on a sand. And, and it says when the storms hit. It doesn't say if they hit. It says when. It doesn't say if it's going to happen. It says when it happens. When it happens, then... There's going to be something that's going to take place. And it says this of one house, that the house that's built on the sand, it says that it's going to, it's going to destroy it. And guess what? Many times when we're not prepared for those storms, then what we do and we find ourselves doing is we find ourselves rebuilding our house continuously in our life because our house is built on the sand. And so we find ourselves building and spending our time and our energy on rebuilding our house instead of going forward and doing what God wants us to call, uh, has called us to do. There's the other house that's built on a rock. And then when the storms hit and, they, and the winds blow and the rain descends and all that the Bible says that happens in a storm, that house stays standing. Therefore, the individual or individuals that built their house on the rock, they can continue doing what God wants them to do rather than spend all their energy and time rebuilding their house. And I think there's where a lot of people find themselves. In a, and there's reasons why, and I'm going to explain some of the reasons why, I believe that people's houses are, are destroyed. Why it is that they're, that, that they're constantly rebuilding rather than continuing on after the storm doing what God wants them to do. Is that making sense to anybody? And we all have to deal with those storms. I think one of the reasons why is that we need to understand that we're going to have problems. Isn't it interesting when people have these problems and they throw up their hands and why is this happening to me? Like there's someone special. It's like it happens to us all. We all have problems. We all have issues. We all have things that we have to deal with. We all have things that fall apart and we have to, you know, we have to address. And we need God's miracle working power at work in our life. I asked somebody to share their story of something that happened years back. And, and, uh, and just to take a moment, and this is probably on the, just the, 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 one of the most severe storms that could happen in somebody's life when it happens to, to their children and, or a child. And, and so I, I asked right now Jamie to come on up. She shared something with me this week that uh, I asked her to take a couple of minutes. It's the power in your life. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to make this as short as possible. Um, and... Uh, in August of uh, 1998, the 
a mother's worst nightmare happened to me. Um, I was a youth pastor at our small church, and we were getting ready to do a youth event, and I had um, my daughter, who was five, and my son, who was two and a half, my sister and the pastor's daughter that were helping me kind of set everything up. Um, We got finished early, and this was in Lindale on Highway 16, right across the street from where the um, uh, football field is. I was in the back of the um, house setting some things up, and um, my sister and her uh, and the pastor's daughter wanted to run back to the house to go grab something and asked if they could take Katrina with her. And I said, yes, that'd be great. That way I only have a a two-and-a-half-year-old to watch instead of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. The next thing I knew is I heard the most terrifying screams calling out my name that you could ever hear. And I did not know what happened, but I just came around the corner, and I immediately just started praying. And when I came around, I saw in the middle of the highway a one-ton dually truck. And my five-year-old daughter was underneath the truck by the back tire. Um, I went over there, and I did the mother thing, not the... uh, medical thing that you do, but I just scooped her up. Um, Apparently, he was going between 45 and 50 miles an hour. He never even saw her. He was looking at the girls on the side of the road, and he just stopped when he heard the thump. Um, So I ran over there, and I picked her up, and she was completely lifeless. Um, She was not breathing. I could not find a pulse. Her eyes had rolled in the back of her head, and she had begun to lose all the color in her eyes. And I just began to pray. I prayed everything that I knew to pray, everything that I could possibly think of, and nothing, nothing happened. And I just kind of said, I know she knew Jesus, and she's gone to be with him. And at that moment, the most awesome power and a voice rose up inside of me like a roaring lion and said, no, not now. And the Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding. It just flooded me. And I knew she was going to be okay. So I just began to thank Jesus. And I just called out his name, which is the name above every name. And she began to gasp for air. And she went into convulsions and she was groaning. And she was laboring. Really just barely hanging on to life. Um, they air flighted her, like I'm trying to make this short, they air flighted her to the uh, hospital, and I had to get in the car, which was this long line of cars, and try to make it to the hospital. So by the time I had got there, our small church like was already there at the emergency room. And if you go to an emergency room, they put you in a special room. If it's an event like this, it's not where everything else is. And I waited, and we prayed, and I kept telling everybody, she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. And I know they kept looking at me like I was insane or in shock, um, but I just knew, I knew in my heart that God's word was true and that she was going to be okay. And the doctor came in, and he tried to tell me. They don't tell you everything. They tell you just the most life-threatening at the time. Um, he said something about paralyzation because she had broke her back in three different places. Um, they had said something about her spleen, um, and they didn't know what kind of brain damage she was going to have. They were getting ready to prep her for surgery because she had two contusions and her brain was swelling, and they were going to have to drill a hole in her head to release the pressure. 
And once they got her stabilized, I was able to see her, and they were walking her back for one final CAT scan prior to surgery. And the doctor told me in so many words to pretty much say my goodbyes because he didn't think she was going to make it. And you don't tell. (laughs) I was not going to say my goodbyes. I was whispering to her that Jesus was with her, and she was not alone, and he was never going to leave her. And she was going to be okay. So they wheeled her in to uh, the CAT scan, and they put me back there with the radiologist. And they began to do the screen, and the radiologist got this real baffled look on his face. And he started looking at the screen, and then he looked at me, and then he looked at the screen, and he looked at me, and he said, look at this. So now I'm looking at the screen. I don't know how to read radiology, so I did not know what I was looking at, but I was looking at it. And he said, um this is a perfectly normal brain. You need to go back and wait. I have to call in the doctor. So they went to make the story very short. Um, She was instantly healed. They said, when did she break her collarbone? Because we can tell it's been recently healed. Um, Her back was healed. Her bones were healed. Her brain was healed. Her spleen was healed. She has absolutely zero complications this day. They could not keep her. They tried to keep her in the SICU. She's running all around. And to this day, she has no complications. And that is our miracle working God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie Black. Thank you. You know, as I was, uh, she was talking about that. Isn't that miraculous? That's awesome. That's great. And I, I just had this thought because, because God works miraculously in those times in, in, in ways when your problems hit. But there's other times where he works miraculously when, it, when stuff's already happened. And I have a little brother that uh, at the age of 18 took his life. And, and still God during that time worked a miracle. He worked a miracle in that... Uh, that God's presence was so uh, present and his comfort was so strong that we were able to, to go through that victoriously. I know, that, I know some of your stories here that are some of the things that you've gone through, whether it's loss of children or divorces or uh, some of you've lost everything. You've lost homes. You've lost everything. And uh, regardless of where your problem may be, God can still work powerfully in, in your problem. And he wants to in a very miraculous way. Many ways in this way. This is awesome to hear. Uh, here's, here's the point. Is that, is that we just need to look to him. And he wants to work in our situation. And he wants us to put faith in him. Which brings me to the second point that I want to bring to you. And, 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 uh, and share with you is this. Is that living in the in the miraculous requires power, whether the power to uh, to to restore, or the power to get through, uh, the power to deal with the issue or the problem, whatever it is that it requires God's power. I want to sh- I want to share a scripture with you really quick in Psalm seventy eight verse forty through forty two. It says, "How often they provoked him." Talking about the children in Israel. After uh, he had led them out of, uh, out of Egypt and in, in, in toward the promised land, it says in, they were in the wilderness. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. 
Yes, again and again, they tempted God. Get this, limited and limited the Holy One of Israel. How could you limit God? After God had done so many miraculous things, how could you very, how could you limit God? How is it that after he split the Red Sea, he, he took a, a couple of million people out of Egypt, not a one of them were sick? Uh, he delivered them. Not only did he deliver them, but they, they were delivered wealthy. They had all the spoils of Egypt. They, I mean, just uh, all the different things that God did for them. And yet they limit the Holy One of Israel. And I think that can be, uh, often be said of us and can be done of us. And, and I think this is how. is because it tells us in verse 42, they did not remember His power. When we forget the power of God, they did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from, from their enemy. And, and we, can, we could forget the power of God. It, isn't it interesting when David was facing Goliath, one of the things that he did is he remembered the power of God. He, he, he went back in his, in, his, in his memory and he, he remembered what God did for him in the killing of the lion and the bear. And he, he rehearsed that, and not only to himself but to others. He, he rehearsed that God worked for me already and the God that worked for me in the past because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The way that he worked for me then is, is how he's going to work for me now. In the middle of my storm, in the middle of my problem, he's going to work for me. And I'm here to tell you that he wants to do that in our lives. That he doesn't want us getting so caught up in the problem because that's what happens. That's how we fail to remember his powers because we get so focused in on our problem that we forget the power that is available to each and every one of us. His power is available to you and I. And we forget it. And when we forget it, it, it does. we limit the Holy One of Israel. And I think the big thing that causes us to forget is because our, our focus is on the problem. It's on the giant. You know, the same, the same God of power could have helped any one of those, any one of those army, uh, those, those military people to, to be able to have brought down Goliath. Any one of them could have helped any one of them to, to be able to accomplish that task. But they forgot. They forgot what God had done for them. And here's, here's the thing that I thought about as I was uh, thinking about this and rehearsing this, is that I thought, I thought about how when you're in the middle of the... It's easier said than done, right? When your daughter's laying on the street and when, when you know, problems are, are there in, in front of you and and your emotions are starting to take over, and your mind's going crazy. It's hard to reflect back on the power of God, because that that emotion's so real. Those those thoughts are so they're so tangible. That she's going to die, or this is going to happen, or it's you know you're never going to get over this. You're you'll never recover. It'll never happen. Because those thoughts, those thoughts are so real and tangible. The fears are so great. 
that that becomes the focus instead of the power of God to help you through it or to help produce the miracle or whatever needs to take place in our life. I was thinking about a few scriptures that I want to share with you. Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus said to him, if, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Believes what? Believes in the power of God. Uh, you know, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Uh, it's important that we constantly be put in remembrance. It doesn't say faith comes by having heard. It says faith comes by hearing. It's a continuous thing. It's something that we need to be, I think that's what we need to do. We need to remind ourselves of the power of God. You know, the God that did this for me in the past will do this for me now. He will show up today. He will show up in my situation. He will cause those, those crooked paths to be made straight. He'll perfect those things that concern me. He will, he will cause this relationship to take place and, and to come into order with what God had planned and intended for me or for us or however it may be. may not be on our time schedule, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it can happen and will happen if we believe it. Faith is important. Bob, you did say, and you made mention of that, and I thought of this, and I was thinking how timely in that you quoted those scriptures that without faith it's impossible to please God. It doesn't please God. I think what displeases God the most is that he, he sees his children hurting and he can't help us because we're forgetting his power and we're limiting him. And God's saying, I want to help you. I want to I help you through your issue and your situation and your circumstance. The woman with the issue of blood, again, reaching up. If I can only touch the hem of his garment. Guess what she did? She eventually did. And guess what happened? She was healed. And we all have issues that need God's healing touch and his power. But the only way that we're going to have it take place is if we don't forget that he is the God of power that wants to be released into our lives. Amen? The third thing I want to share with you today and just concluding this uh, time together is that living in the miraculous does require participation. You know, uh, again, faith without works is dead. Bobby quoted this. You might as well came up and preached this, but... Uh, he quoted this, uh, and that was, you know, it takes, it takes our participation. It takes us acting. Sometimes it is the speaking because that's all we can do is just speak God's word over our situation. That's all, that's all is just speaking God's word. It's, uh, I, I've got a word, and she shall live and not die, you know, and just the peace of God that passes all understanding. There's sometimes that that might be the thing to do. For the woman of the issue of blood, she says, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, she touched it, and, and it was so. It took place. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it, it's, again, easier said than done when you're in the middle of that storm. When you're going and processing through that, uh, I was thinking back in Second Kings chapter four. I'm not going to take you through the whole chapter, but it was a a woman that was a widow woman that had lost her husband. Her hu- husband was a prophet, and 
she had, uh, when he died and passed, left her with a lot of debt and the creditors were coming and she had the, all these debt and the creditors wanted to take their, uh, her children. That's how they did it back then and the children uh, uh, would help to, to uh, take care of the debt until the debt was repaid and then they'd get their children back. Some of you might not think that's a bad idea, <laughs> but that's how it was back then and and uh, she came to the prophet Elijah and said, Elijah, what, you know, I have this issue and I have this problem. And he says, well, what do you have in your house? And she says, well, I don't have anything. Initially, that's what she said. I don't have anything but a little bit of oil. And he says, that's awesome. You've got what it takes. You know, many times we have what it takes. We just have faith with whatever we have to offer. And God takes that and he mixed with faith in our action, our participation in his power, then guess what? The miracle takes place. Miraculous things take place. And if we're going to live in the miraculous, if we're going to live in the miraculous, we cannot forget his power. And we're going to have to see what our, our part is. What is it that we must do? What is it that we must... How, what's our responsibility in, in this in this issue here in verse three, I'll start there in second Kings chapter four. It says, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere. So he, he put it right to work. He says, go do something, go put your faith in action. I want you to, I want your faith in action. Faith without works is dead. Go borrow some, go borrow some vessels. As many as you can borrow. He says from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few, get a bunch Let's not just take care of your need, initial need. There's more that I want to do in your life, so go ahead and do that. He said, do that. Verse 4, it says, And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour, in, pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons who brought, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And then uh, he said to her, there is no other, uh, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said to her, go sell the oil, pay your debt and you and your son shall live on the rest. So not only did she take care of the debt, but that her need was also taken care of. Now, when God wants to prepare or do a miracle in our life, there is a participation. I'm sure in her mind, she thought this was a crazy thing. Uh, I, remember, I remember when uh, five days after I got saved, my brother my, uh, and his pastor came to my house. I was still bad alcoholic, still drinking. Uh, they came to me and said, God wants to deliver you. Some of you have heard my story. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. Uh, God says that he will, he, will, he will fill you with power when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he'll give you the power to be able to uh, get you delivered of that alcohol. And so I just responded. I said, okay, sure, I want to do that. I want to pray. I want everything that God has for me. God had touched my life. I wanted more. I wanted everything that God, I still want everything that God has for me. So I, I prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, changed my life. And uh, when I had gotten home that night, I had gotten home with a couple of cases of beer, cigarette in my mouth. 
walked through the door. My brother and his pastor had been there. They had been praying and fasting for me. And uh, when I got there, that's, you know, I just kept drinking because that's, I, I, I couldn't get rid of it. I was, I remember as a young adult just per, uh, crying, not praying because I wasn't saved yet, but crying because I couldn't get rid of the alcohol. I mean, I had gotten so bad, I drank so much beer, I could drink beer like water. Seriously, I could just drink, I could, I could put down a couple of cases a night, it wouldn't, I mean, I could drink that much. And it got so bad that I was, I, I got to drinking Sigram 7, and it scared me in that because I started drinking that the same way. I used to, I, I mean, I could go through, uh, uh, I mean, pff, several, several gallons a, a week of Sigram 7. I just drank and drank and drank and drank. My eyes had turned yellow uh, that my liver was getting so bad. By the way, that's another miracle. After I got filled with the Spirit, my eyes cleared up. It shakes, stopped. But... Here's the story. God did touch my life when I got filled with the Spirit. But I had to do something. I had to take a step. I, 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 had, I had to take a step and that was to get rid of all that alcohol. I had been an alcoholic for years and years and years and years. And I had to get rid of that alcohol. And so uh, here, here's where the struggle started. Is my mind started thinking, what, what if it didn't take? What if God didn't deliver you? What if the power wasn't there? What if, what if? And so all the way to the refrigerator is like, what if, what if, you know? And so I just, no, no. And I, I, I went in there and I started popping the tops of those beers, pouring in the sink, popping, pouring, popping, pouring, popping, pouring, until I was through. And then I grabbed my cigarettes and I crunched them and I threw them in the, in the trash. And all that time, I'm going to tell you, emotionally, I was struggling and fighting. I'm going to tell you all of that time in my mind there was all these thoughts is like is what this what if, what if it doesn't happen what if you know what if what if all those what ifs And to this day I've never desired alcohol or nicotine or drugs I was doing cocaine back then not not one desire to go back and do it not one desire I believe is because I went beyond the struggle and I participated in the power of God. I'm telling you, the power of God was there. And I don't know how that resonates with you or how that applies to you, but in your life, there's something somewhere, somehow, where you can participate in produce and, and helping to uh, cooperate with God in bringing your miracle. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like Bob said earlier, just speaking the word. It just, maybe that's all you can do. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a, a, a child that's a, a wayward child or whatever. Uh, maybe it's just speaking the word over that child. What it, whatever it may be, I believe your participation is part of, of producing that miracle. When, the, when God wanted to uh, multiply the the loaves and the fish. What did, what did Jesus do? He told the disciples, make them to sit down in companies of 50. And then he handed the... I mean, couldn't God just turn air into food? I mean, he could have done that. But instead, he involved them in it. And I believe that he does that with us today. And so, I'm going I'm to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to live the miraculous. 
to don't settle for just your problem. There's too many people that just tolerate their issues in life. God didn't call us to tolerate issues. All of us have problems. Storms come. Things happen. I understand that, but don't just tolerate it. You start seeking God for the provision and uh, the miracle that you need to take care of it. Put yourself in remembrance of his power. And then ask God, what's my part? What do I need to do? How do I, how do I need to connect with, with you through my faith in participating in this miracle? What's my part? And then you start walking it out. And as you do, I believe, as it, the Bible says, as they went, the miracle began to take place. As they went, they got healed. As, 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 as you know, there's, and sometimes, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons why we lay hands on the sick, because there's a participation there. In doing so, there's a connection. There's a, there's a connection with God in, in, in just acting on our faith that produces that miracle. Amen? And I want to see 2016 a year of miracles. I want to see so many miracles. I, I've God put it in my heart that 2016, that we're going to see some unexpected things. And uh, we're just going to see some things that are going to take place. And I believe it's, it's going to be, as I said uh, last week, it's going to be something that's going to be a sign to the unbeliever. It's going to be an attraction to those that are outside of Christ to bring them into the things of God. Let's pray.